Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. morning, man. Mighty men of God, praise the Lord. Today is another day that the Lord has made. And what do we do about it? Ah, yeah, we rejoice and we're glad in it. We got to remember it's his day. Someone say it's his day. One more time, it's his day. It's his day. And you're not here by coincidence. You're not here by accident. You were appointed and anointed to be here for such a time as this, to seek first the kingdom of God, because all things are about to be added unto you. Say unto me. Praise the Lord. Um... I missed you guys. Missed you last week. Got stuck in Palm Springs. That wasn't so bad. But then I got stuck in Calgary and that wasn't so great. (laughs) Just say that. But praise the Lord. The Lord is using you wherever you go, whatever you do. Uh, We were out with our executive in Palm Springs. I'll tell you more about that because it has a lot to do with the teaching today and uh, what I have to share with you. Uh, This is a continuation of our series, Check Yes or No. Um, we've, We've been taught in God's word, may your yeses be yeses and your noes be knows. And uh, it's a lot easier to say no to something if you know what to say yes to. We talked about saying check yes to Christ. That's the main thing. Say yes to God's word, not to say no to the worries of this world. Uh, Say yes to the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Say yes to love right? Because you might have the gift of prophecy, be able to move mountains. You might even offer up your body, but if you have not love, you are nothing more than a noisy gong. Come on. We did a great series. If you want to look it up sometime on YouTube, it's called the gong show Uh, relationship series. I encourage all you men to, to listen to it and check that out. Um, it's been a heavy week. I'm going to be honest with you. It's been a, it's been a tough week. It doesn't change the fact that our God is, uh, he sits on his throne um, that our God has great and wonderful things in store for us, that all things will work together for good for those that love the Lord. Uh, but it's also in the, in the trial that we see God's truth, and it's in the trial that we are tested in where to lean on and where we find our strength. Um, you've heard this prophecy spoken before over our church and over the movement, and now it's going all across the world, that 2024 will be the year of more, and it's also the year of the open door. And that's the title of the message that I have to share with you today. And uh, for some of you men, you may have heard already that we had um, the passing of one of our greats in the victory movement, Pastor Paul McCullough. And so for some of us, it's a time of mourning. And at the same time, we're celebrating uh, his life and all that he's done and all the people that he's impacted in this world. Um, I just saw him uh, in Palm Springs. Uh, He came to deliver a message and deliver a word and to deliver... um, the next step for this movement before going on to be with the Lord. And it was Pastor Paul that had the word from God that we needed the Father's heart. We sat as an executive in Calgary just for a few weeks prior to planning what it was going to look like for the movement of uh, Victory Churches of Canada. But before we could go in any further, there was a, a, a word that we needed 
the heart of the Father. And our spiritual father, our spiritual leader and founder, Dr. George uh, Hill, is one of the most humbling, um, amazing man of God that reflects the servant heart of Jesus in everything that he does. And um, I'll tell you this, there was a transition in the season, season, and when he passed on uh, his authority and his anointing to the executive board, and uh, we could have done a better job of honoring him at the time. So we decided that we're going to go up there and we're just going to honor him uh, because we want the heart of the father. All of us want the heart of our heavenly father. And that ties to the heart of the father of this movement. And that's Dr. Uh, George Hill. So um, shortly after this had happened, my wife and I were literally sitting across the table having dinner with him and the executive. And then the next day he flew out uh, to Barrie, Ontario. That's his hometown. And he had a heart attack while he was there. Uh, they did surgery uh, on him and they did uh, three uh, stints put in. He had a triple bypass, similar to what Pastor Ron went through. And uh, it seemed to be doing good, uh, recovering. Uh, but then the following day, he went to be with the Lord. Uh, Pastor Paul has served as vice president and a member of the executive board, both in Victory Churches uh, International, Victory Churches of Canada International Association for many years now. And um, this news does come at a, a great shock for all of us uh, that know him. Uh, Pastor Morris is one of, they were best friends. And they were best friends probably for over 30 years in the movement, uh, serving alongside each other. So uh, hit some of us a little bit differently. And, um, but yeah, I've had the opportunity to spend uh, more time than ever with, with Pastor um, Paul I uh, watch him speak. And if you ever heard him speak before, he's a man of authority when he speaks. He's got the gift of prophecy. When, when he speaks, he's highly anointed. And, um, but he's, he's also a gentle giant. He's a lot like Pastor Morris. You meet Pastor Morris for the first time. He can be a little bit intimidating. I remember the first time that I met him uh, when he interviewed me to come into Victory in full-time uh, staff as a children's pastor. And I sat across the table from this ex-biker, <laughs> big dude, but not once did I ever felt judged. Uh, I felt accepted. I felt loved. And, uh, and I felt uh, from that day forward, I also felt protected. And I've never questioned where I've stood with Pastor Morris. And uh, neither of us have ever questioned where we stood with Pastor Paul. He is a soldier of the faith, a husband, a father, a brother, a pastor, and a friend. And it's my privilege and honor to, in, uh, to share with you uh, today one of his last words that was spoken not that long ago, just a few weeks ago. He spoke it um, over the movement, and it's a word for all of us as men today. And so it's about four minutes you're going to hear from Pastor Paul, some of you for the first time ever. I encourage you to, to take notes on what he has to say. And then afterwards, we'll review some of that and we'll go deeper into the scripture in which he's about to share with us. So let's go to Pastor Paul. Hello, Victory Pastors. We're excited about this brand new year. Welcome, welcome into a new year. Dr. George and Hazel and the VCI board say hi. We have uh, wisdom keys that we're giving to you today and uh, a couple points. And it's exciting to know that this is the year of the open door. This is the year of more and more. Whatever you want to say it, it's going to be a, a year where uh, 24 does so much more for our lives. And uh, the power of God is available and we want to be uh, open to the power of God and excited about the power of God. 
God. And as leaders, we want to be wise on how we lead people. And so wisdom keys are being shared today. And uh, I want to look at the life of Joseph, who who went through a lot of things. He went from the pit to Potiphar's house, uh, to prison, to the palace. Most of you know all that. But I want I want to tell you that he 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 was a true leader and an example to us today. And his name means God adds the increase, and God's going to add increase to you. So we're excited about we're excited about what the Lord is doing, and we give Him all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah! The first point I want to make out to you and uh, comes from. Uh, Genesis chapter 46 to 8. Joseph came to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officials who were with him in the custody of the Lord's house saying, Why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, We each have had a dream and there is no interpreter of it. Joseph is in the prison at this point, and he's he's uh, demonstrating great leadership ability. He shows uh, that he, as a leader, uh, didn't enter into the sadness of the people that were also in the same position he was in, and he didn't allow their mood to get upon him. And he he noticed that they were sad, and he as he noticed that they were sad, he uh, he his heart and his desire was to minister to them, to bring them up out of their sadness. So the first point I want to bring out to you is that you can't allow the surroundings of this coming year in any way dictate your mood. We are the leaders that God has called in the earth for such a time as this. Secondly, he was friendly with with those that were under oppressive, depressive spirits, and he focused on people, and he did not focus uh, on the systems that were around them that were causing them trouble in their heart. It's important in this hour to be a leader that focuses on people. it's, It's important that we build people, we encourage people, and we release people. The third point we see in this passage of scripture as Joseph is in the prison is that uh, uh, he saw himself above where they were and he had prepared himself in the spirit to be able to minister to them. As leaders and wise ones in, these, in, these, in this new year as we encounter different things and different moods and different, different spirits and different things going on around people's lives, we want to make sure that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that we are ready to minister uh, whenever we come in contact with people and uh, we are God's chosen people and God is using victory churches and victory people for such a time as this. The final point I want to make in leadership and understanding leadership and having wisdom as a good leader in this hour is that uh, uh, he was impartial. He ministered to the butler and to the baker. You know, sometimes we have to give a word that isn't so encouraging. We have to give a word uh, sometimes to build up and encourage. We want to be led by the Spirit of God as we minister the Word of God. And we don't want to be influenced by the moods and the hearts of people. And uh, so he was an impartial leader giving the truth of God's word in the situation despite whether it was popular or not. Well, have a wonderful new year. We'll see you next month. Wisdom is the principal thing. And uh, Dr. George and Hazel and all the board of ECI says to you, uh, have a wonderful new year as you blast into the future. Lots of good stuff. Um, I'm actually going to get you guys to turn up the house lights so yeah, you guys can see your notes. Let's review what he just said here. Let's do a quick review. He spoke of the life of uh, Joseph from the pit to the palace. Now, if you haven't heard of the story of Joseph, Joseph was um, part of the, the family of Jacob. And Jacob had uh, all these sons. 
Jacob, who would liter, uh, literally be given the name Israel, and that's where we get the Israelites later on. But Joseph was one of the favorite sons. He was so much the favorite, he got a special coat, his Gucci coat. Maybe you heard of it, maybe you didn't. But Joseph was also given a dream from the Lord and a dream that he shared with his brothers, whether that was the right thing or the wrong thing or the right thing at the wrong time, the wrong way, it didn't turn out great for him. His brothers despised him and hated him all the more for it. They ended up throwing him into a, a pit, into a well, and they sold him into slavery. He ends up in this in this house of a man named Potiphar. Potiphar is a high official in uh, in Pharaoh's um, leadership, and uh, he serves in the house. And it actually says in Scripture when when Joseph was in Potiphar's house, Potiphar's house was blessed, and everything in his field was blessed as well. Come on, how many of you know when you have the right people in the right Right position, they don't just get blessed, you get blessed. Right? You get blessed. Someone say, I get blessed. That's right. And then the and what was spoken over Abraham is the same thing that is spoken over us, and that is that he will make us a blessing. Not that he want to just bless us, he wants to make us a blessing. We're here to bless this earth, bless the people, and bless our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But then he finds himself in a situation again. Uh, he's he, he's at this house, and Potiphar's wife is there. Potiphar's wife is really drawn to Joseph. Apparently, he's quite the handsome man. And remember, if you got Jesus in you, women will always be attracted to you. Come on, right? They don't always see what it is, but there's something about you that's different than all those other men that are out there. And what they see in you is probably Jesus, but they don't always know how to handle that, do they? And so she tries to advance and make moves on him. He rejects her. Uh, she gives a false testimony that he tried to come on to her. And so, of course, Potiphar comes home and takes the word of his wife and, and ends up putting Joseph in prison. So wrongfully accused, but it's in prison where God has a word, where God has a prophecy. It's in, it's in prison where God is going to use him and open doors, maybe not so much physical in that moment, but spiritual that no man can shut. And so I want to encourage you men today that sometimes it might feel like you're in the pit, might feel like you're in the prison, maybe feel like you're in the palace right now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I love how uh, 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 Pastor Paul says that. You know, he always said it that way. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I just love that. It's not like he was joking around. That's just how he talked. Hallelujah. And uh, yeah, it's just cool when everyone has that little bit of thi- that little something that you remember them by. And I mean, if you can remember a man by the words that he said and the words that he said were hallelujah or praise Jesus, I mean, those are great words to be remembered by. But he spoke of the life of Joseph from the pit to the palace. And and he said, it's in your notes, that Joseph's name actually means God adds the increase. God add the increase. Joseph, there's power in a name. There's power in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the name above every other name. It's the name that every principality must bow to the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, the Lord has showed me again and again in the season when you feel pulled this way and that way and and not sure what to do, raise his name. Wave that flag of Jesus higher than any other flag. I'm telling you, higher than the flag of your family, than the flag of your home, than the flag of your... That's what needs to be over your home. You see, because when, when the angel of death passed over the homes of the Israelites, it was the blood of the lamb over the doorposts of the home that saved the household. The name is Jesus. That's the name. But there's power in the name. And so if Joseph's name means God add the increase, and we know that life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit, what are you naming in this season? 
I'm naming it's 2024, the year of more. It's 2024, the year of the open door, because what you look for is what you find. And you could be stuck in the pit and be pitiful, or you can find yourself even in the prison and be powerful. It's all about how you name it and how you label it. This is significant in being that it mentioned that Pastor Paul even said 24, 24, the year of the open door, the year of more. He mentioned uh, Joseph's response to uh, the baker and the cupbearer, okay? He mentions his response. And in Genesis 4, uh, or it should be 40, verse 8, says, why do you look so sad? Why do you look so sad today, gentlemen? And the first point that he gave us was don't let your surroundings dictate your mood. Come on, don't be a product of your environment. Know that the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within you and moves through you. Where you go, God goes. Come on, don't let your surroundings dictate your mood. In the prison, they would have been under oppression and depressive spirits. Oh, my Lord, I see it everywhere. And you can just complain about it or you can do something about it. You can either bind it or tolerate it. You can cast it out and you can loose on earth whatever you loose, whatever will be loosed in heaven. But it's up to you what you're going to do with it. But Joseph focuses on the people. He doesn't focus on the systems that were around him or were causing them troubles in their art. He could say, woe is me. I'm in prison. I shouldn't even be here. And he could have chosen to become the victim, but instead he became the victor, right? Because he was able to, to, to move from a place of victory. He had the vision that the Lord had given him. He knew the God that he served, and he knew that God was greater than any place that he was positioned in because of the purpose God had put in him. Are you with me? All right. Point two, we need to be men of leadership to focus on people. <laughs> what a great reminder. We need to build up people. We need to encourage people. We need to release people. First Thessalonians 5.11 says... Build up and encourage each other. If you were to go to your stocks right now, how are your stocks on building up and encouraging others this week? High, low, not so high? It's up to you because what you invest in, what you, what you, what you reap what you sow, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you got to look at your stocks. You got to re be responsible for you. We're all farmers. What are you doing with the seed? Are you sowing good words? Are you sowing encouragement? Are you, are you sowing blessing? Words are powerful. It's God's word that is his truth that sets us free. So how are your stocks doing lately? Not in my notes, but that's for somebody. Joseph set himself above where they were at in the natural. I love that. And he prepared himself in the spirit to minister to the men. And I was, oh, man, I got convicted from that. The moment that he said that, I just, right there, I spent some time in the spirit uh, before I got up here. And I'm like, Lord, how could I get distracted this morning? And I, sure, I spent time with you, but I didn't spend time in the spirit. But he was filled with the spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Third point, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said before he ascended to heaven, he told his disciples, it's good that I go because I'm going to leave with you the Holy Spirit. He's like, it's about to get better. Oh yeah, there'll be, there'll be battles, breakthroughs, and blessings, but it's going to go to a whole nother level. 
You're going to go on a whole nother level. You'll be able to do even greater things. Jesus said himself, apart from me, you can do nothing. And then he says, I'm going to leave with you the Holy Spirit. How else are you going to do above and beyond all that you can hope, imagine, or dream of, but according to his power within you? Are you with me today? Praise the Lord. Even if I'm just preaching at myself this morning, but I could use some help this morning just so you guys know. He's filled with the Spirit. Jo- Joseph was, was also impartial. He, he ministered to both the butler and the baker. And sometimes we need to, 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 to speak into other men's lives and encourage them, especially when they need not just encouragement, but encouragement with correction. Not just grace, but grace with truth. Jesus was filled with both. And I'm telling you, in this season, it's been a hard one to do. There's a lot of men that love to go around and find other men to, to, to say what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Right? They're looking for what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. But if we're after the Father's heart, the Father's heart knows what we need to hear because he disciplines the ones that he loves. Man, if he didn't care about us, he'd just leave us alone with all of our filth and then it wouldn't have a plan. But that plan was Jesus. He loves us enough. Do you love your brother enough to speak the truth in love? Do you love him enough to say no for now, but not forever? Do you love him enough to point to God's word and say, what you are doing is wrong? I still love you, brother. I'm still going to be here, but I can't tolerate what goes against God's truth. Where's the boundaries? It starts in our heart. The boundaries of our heart. Above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it. And I think there's a lot of men that have great intention, but they're sending men in the wrong direction because they won't speak the truth in love. They say, yo, what you're doing isn't just hurting you, it's hurting your family. It's hurting me to watch you go through this. You're better than this. God's better than this. In your weakness, his strength is made perfect. Where do we go from here? It's a journey. But it comes back to building up, and part of building up is not being afraid to speak the truth. Point four, give the truth of God's word despite popularity. That means we speak the truth of God's word whether it is popular or not. There's a lot of young men Young lambs out there, young lions out there that need to know because they're getting lies thrown at them in the school system right now on who they are telling them who they are and telling them that what they feel is who they are. It's a bunch of BS. It's a messed up belief system that comes straight from the pits of hell. And it's time that we build them up, raise them up right in God's word that we know that they have a voice and give them a voice. If we're going to send them to the public school, we better send them filled with the word of God. That they'll walk like the mighty men and the mighty women that they are in the school system. And that no weapon formed against them will prosper. And every lying tongue of judgment that comes against them will be known false, will be made known false. A little bit fired up today. This is with the word of God. We got to give the truth. Got to give the truth. You can give the truth in love. Don't, oh, get, don't get me wrong. You got to still give the truth in love, in love. But you got to give the truth. And it's, it's hard sometimes hearing the truth. It's hard giving the truth because you can't always control how the other person is going to respond. 
but that ain't up to you. Your response is your responsibility. Just remember, you're first responders, not first reactors, right? I'm telling you, as, as somebody that, that was a first aid instructor that has studied policing, graduated from policing, and, and, and knows what it's like to run into situations in life and death situations, if I came running in and I just reacted according to how other people were reacting, nothing would get done, nobody would get saved. I have to be able to discern the situation, assess the situation, and know who I'm going to run to, and I don't just go running into traffic. Seen that happen all the time. Just because somebody yells the loudest does not mean that they're right or needs to have all your attention. Come on. Just because someone makes the most noise doesn't mean that they're right. Come on. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We need the truth of God's word. And it's that truth that will set us free. Say, set me free, Lord. All right, now we're getting into Genesis 40. We're going to read through Genesis 40. We're going to go through the whole thing. 23 verses starting in the men on, uh, online. Okay, we're going, to hammer, we're going to hammer through this. A couple of verses, a few A, B, and C points. Something for you guys to think about, talk about through the week. But I want to go to that uh, uh, verse 7 first because uh, Pastor Paul brought it up too. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? Why do you look so sad? Again, um, going back to what Pastor Paul said, don't let your surroundings dictate your mood. Another way maybe to put it, don't let your conditions dictate your call or your calling, okay? Don't let your conditions around you dictate your call if we let uh, other people's emotions and attitudes uh, uh, affect us, they can affect both our alignment and our assignment. A lot of times we, we, um, a lot of times we, we want nothing to do with other people's drama, other people's problems. Isn't that correct? I got enough problems of my own. I don't need more. <laughs> um, However, Joseph was, even though he was wrongly accused that he was uh, sold by his brothers into slavery, and now he finds himself in, in, in prison, um, Joseph was, it says in the scripture that he was actually assigned to these men by the captain of the guard. Ever happened to you? Maybe it's some men at the workplace, you know, maybe you're on a team somewhere, but these men have been assigned to you. You might not want to deal with their attitude, but you get to. Come on, you get to address it. You get to point them to God. You get to encourage them, build them up, and you get to speak the truth, whether they like it or not. You get to do it. Someone say, I get to. And what looked like a detour for Joseph was actually part of his destiny. See, when you serve God and you serve others, doors open. Greater doors open. Doors of opportunity open. In the prison... The physical doors were still closed, but in the spiritual realm, they were opening up, right? The ability to interpret dreams, things were opening. And what we don't realize that what's happening in the supernatural is actually affecting the natural and the things to come. What you do today is going to affect tomorrow. What you sow today will determine what you reap tomorrow. You sow bitterness, your crop's not going to get better tomorrow, right? So what you do today in the supernatural is also affecting the natural tomorrow. Doors are opening. Might not be your time. Hopefully it's God's time, 
Verse 8, response was, we both had dreams. They answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, I love this. Do not interpretations belong to God? Notice what Joseph does right away. He doesn't say, oh, look at me. I'm going to go interpret your dream. He gives credit where credit is due. He points to God first. Where is the interpreter? Where is our source? God, is God not your source? Somebody comes to you, complains about their finances. They're like, hey, who's in charge? Who's our source? God, that's the first thing we should do before giving them any other kind of advice is point them to their source. What does God's word say? Okay. Tell me your dreams, he says. Tell me your dreams. The next one is interpretations belong to God. You know what? And I feel like I needed to say this, not, not just because I, I'm full of all these room of mighty lions and mighty men of God. They probably like, oh, pastor, we know that. But you know what? The thing is, when you go out there, there's a lot of people that believe that interpretations come from anybody and everybody. And if you receive those interpretations from anybody and everybody and they don't come from God, they're going to affect where you go and what you do. There's, there, there, there's, there's uh, psychics that are out there. I saw one with a thing in the window the other day, and I'm like, that's, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there for interpretations. You know, don't go to Google for an interpretation. I'm just telling you, go to God. Oh, that's worth writing down. Don't go to Google, go to God. So next time you're looking for an interpretation and you're searching Google, maybe go to God. No, don't maybe, go to God. Someone say, go to God. This speaking to anyone today? We need to know where the interpretation is coming from. Because if somebody is interpret, and God will never go against his word. Remember that. Remember that. He'll never go against his word. And even if someone puts a thus saith the Lord on it, whoa, that's usually a huge flag for me right away. That's a huge flag for me. I mean, I'm sensing this or sensing that. But when you put the God stamp on it, you better be, you better be right. You better be right. Okay. I've learned to be careful who I share my dreams with. You know, that's a huge one too. And who I ask to interpret my dreams. I'll always go to God first, and then I'll go to the wise counsel that God has put in authority over me. Remember his position. He was put in authority over these men. They could have gone to anyone else for an interpreter. I'm sure there was other people in that prison that had all versions of interpretations. There would have been psychics in there, but they knew that these weren't the ones to go to interpret these dreams. They went to the one that was put in authority over them. There's something to be said. I think we read over this all the time and that we don't see that success leaves clues. There's clues in the Bible. There's obvious things in the Bible. In my case, I always go to God first. And then I go to the people that God has put in authority as spiritual leaders over me. And I'm looking for confirmation. I'm looking for at least three confirmations. And sometimes I might have it right, just wrong time, wrong way. Hey, Joseph had the right dream, but he didn't know how to act upon it. In his dream that God gave him, he was never in the pit and he was never in the prison. It was other things bowing down to him. The sun, the moon, the stars, and he might have interpreted that. Yeah, now my mom, my dad, everyone's going to bow down to me. But he didn't get the bigger picture. God did. And he didn't learn to even understand and interpret his own dream before he learned to interpret the dreams of others because he went to the source, he went to God. There's a lot to be said there. I believe that those of you that are trying to find your calling, there's a lesson to be learned right here in the prison. If you just serve the Lord your God wherever you are in whatever position you're in right now, you won't have to worry about finding your calling. Your calling is going to find you. That means serving God and serving others right where you're at right now. And that's what happened for Joseph. Didn't happen the way that he thought it was going to happen. 
But yeah, before you see in that moment, he first had to seek God's interpretation of others' dreams before he could interpret even his own. Even Joseph's dream, he didn't realize it, was actually to serve his family. If you read on, you'll realize that there was a time of famine that later Joseph would be put in second in command of over Egypt, second to Pharaoh because he could interpret Pharaoh's dream and nobody else could. God gave him the ability, but again, when he was put in a position to talk to authority, the first thing he did is he pointed to God as the interpreter, not himself. Oh, yo, I've become such a big interpreter in prison. Let me tell you. No, let me tell you that God is the interpreter. God is the source. And if he gave you this dream, I'll have an answer for you. He'll have an answer for you. There's going to be seven years of plenty. There's going to be seven years of famine. That was the interpretation. And this is what I would do. I would put somebody in charge, get ready. And guess who got to be in charge? Joseph. And then guess what happened? When the famine happened in the land, Joseph was able to call in his family to Egypt so that they could get fed, so that they could, so Israel could survive. The whole family. If you read about it, it is so wild. He's in such a position of favor with the Pharaoh at the time that Pharaoh sends out his own chariots for Israel for his family, to bring them in. But don't forget this. Sometimes the very thing you escape to, you may one day be enslaved by because God didn't bring you in there to get comfortable with your surroundings, right? He's going to call you out. The moment you start to get comfortable, he's going to call you out. Is that not true? He's like, wait a minute. I'm your source. I'm your provider. Do I got to show you again? You learn to trust in me again? Oh, guess what? We're about to go to a whole nother level of battles, breakthroughs, and blessings. Come on. If we trust in him with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. So there are two servants. Both were uh, offended, or, or sorry, <laughs> probably they were offended too. But it says those two servants offended, offended the master, offended Pharaoh. It was offense that put him in that place in the, in, the, in the prison. It was the offense of the brothers. It was the uh, uh, offense of, of Potiphar that put Joseph in that place. Isn't it amazing where we can find ourselves because somebody gets offended? <laughs> you ever been there? How did I get here? I'm not even offended. They're offended.
I watched as he, as he sought wise counsel. He wasn't just wise counsel. He sought wise counsel. And there would be that confirmation and then there would be alignment. Let's go to that next verse. It says, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. This hit me hard this morning at 3.30 a.m. This one hit me hard. And to be honest, it, it, it's still going on. There are so many people that have gone before us, set us up for greatness, and there are those that have sacrificed. They may be your parents. They may be your pastors, your church, other great leaders, other servants of the Lord. And yet... We may move from place to for, uh, place and forget those that helped us get there in the first place. Huh? I think that I, uh, when you get a little older and a little wiser, you'll hear more amens. I think you'll hear less amens from a younger generation. Right? Amen. There they come. <laughs> we can all say amen to that. Thanks, Ethan. Here's, the, here's my point. Don't forget those that have helped you get to where you are and where you are going. It happened to Joseph. Come on, it's happening to us. But we, we don't get bitter because of that. You look at what position are you in to acknowledge? What position are you in to honor? Don't forget. I've seen church after church of great leaders. A lot of them are on the executive board and that have sacrificed, give up house and home, family again and again, and pass churches on to be forgotten. Pastor Morris himself told me once, he came to a church that he invested in himself, blood, sweat, and tears gave, sacrifice. And the previous pastor, when he came into that church, said to him and Lucinda, they used to go here. Now, I know Pastor Morris doesn't do it for that reason, but I'm telling you, if, if, if the honor isn't happening there, it's not happening anywhere in that house. It's not happening in their home. It's not happening in their workplace. purpose of our visit again to Palm Springs was to honor Dr. George and Dr. Hazel. The men and women, the pastors the, themselves. And it was, and I remember being at Kingsfold just outside of Calgary, and it was Pastor Paul that spoke up at the round table. That's what I like to call it, because we're like knights at the round table. It's really cool how we operate. But Pastor Paul, he spoke up at the round table, and it was him that said, I sense that we need to go honor. The reason he said I got into this movement in the first place was to have the heart of the Father. He says, I think that we've lost that. And that's where honor comes in. And he says, I believe we just need to go and honor the Father. Honor your father and mother. You want to live long and prosper. It's right in the scripture. It's the one command. It's the first command that comes with a promise. Honor. You see that it was his last mission. <laughs> Pastor Paul's last mission. What a great thing. The last thing that you were known for doing was gathering around the leaders of the movement and saying, let's go honor. Before we plan anything, before we do anything, let's honor and make sure we have the heart of our Father. Wow. And then he went to be with the Lord. True story. And I, I can't just like 
leave it as a moment in time. I feel a responsibility. I feel a weight as a pastor in the movement to carry on that word that is spoken that we need to honor. Hey, if 2024 is the year of more and 2024 is the open door, it's only going to happen through honor. Submission comes before succession. Humility before honor. I'll leave you with these final verses. My papers are all over the place. I don't even know where I am. Praise God. It says this in 1 Timothy 5, 17, the elders who directed their affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. That's Pastor Paul especially those whose work is in preaching and teaching. And don't forget Romans 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. In memory of Pastor Paul, would you stand with me? Our takeaway is this, there's always an open door to honor, always. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for Pastor Paul's uh, word today that you gave him, that you spoke over the movement, that you spoke over our homes, that you've spoken over our future. Lord, we want to honor you by honoring one another. And we want to honor a great today, one of the greats today. We thank you for his servant's heart. We thank you for those that are a reflection and, and an extension of that family. We thank you for the executive board. We thank you for Dr. George and Hazel that continue to serve you. And even when we came to spend time with them, all I heard out of the mouth of Hazel was this. Dr. Hazel was this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We got to point people to Jesus. We got to listen to Jesus. We got to follow Jesus. Lord, help us follow you and do what it is that you've called us to do. To serve the way that you serve. To love the way that you loved. And to honor the way that you honored. Lord, I ask that every word that was said of you today would enter into our hearts. Fill it with your love, Lord. Teach us what it means to be real men of God. For there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for another. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you're in a comeback moment of your story right now, that Jesus is rewriting. Paul said in Romans 10, verse 9, if we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave, we will be saved. We are blessed to have this message go out all over the world right now on iHeartRadio, on podcasts to the men. I'm speaking to the men in Germany right now. I'm speaking to the men in Africa right now, and I'm speaking to the men in this house. He loves you. He's here to set you up and set you free. So would you just pray this prayer with me? Say this, dear Jesus, I believe. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you died for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave. I'm turning from my way. And I'm turning to your way. Would you come into my heart and be Lord over my life? Speak to me. Give me ears to hear. 
and the will to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Just stay in the moment, eyes closed, head bowed in the moment. But if you prayed that prayer rather for the first time, where's your comeback moment today where the, the word of God just hit you so strong and you'd be honest with yourself that you got a long ways to go, but today is the day that you will honor him and honor your fellow brothers. Lift up your hand on the count of three. One, two, three, let's go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The next is this. If you haven't been baptized, all I gotta say is, Acts 22 says, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. The word baptism means to be uh, fully immersed, means to be all in, never gets old. You know, we watched uh, from online in, in, in Calgary, we were stuck in the frigid minus 38 degree weather. And from our hotel, we watched the service online. It was so powerful when I, we saw a father come up with his family and baptize his daughter. That's why we do this. When you go into the water, it represents when Christ went to the grave. You leave that old you in the water, it stays dead in the water. When you come up out of the water, it represents Christ's resurrection, that you are literally buried and resurrected with Christ. If that's you and you know that you need to come forward and be baptized today, just come forward as we sing this next song together. Let's worship God. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.